Good luck. Puts on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go pretty. That was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe it. Marshall gets away. Marshall gets away. Marshall's still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, look at him go. He beats O'Davis on the outside. Hello, voluntary tacklers. Uh, it's Eamon Brown here, just taking a leisurely walk on a Sunday. And uh, I thought I would just drop you a quick line with a few suggested rule changes for Rugby League in 2023. Now, you'll have to excuse some of the background noise here as cars whiz past me at lightning pace. Because when I go for my my walks, um, you know, because I'm quite a high-octane person, I don't use the sidewalk. I obviously just follow the double lines in the middle of the road. I think at times there is a danger that we lose a lot of the continuity in the game. So to pay homage to, you know, the, the, the players of yesteryear, uh, we bring back the oldest living player for each club who is forced, basically, to play fullback for that respective club. People have said to me, well, what if they're infirmed? I say, makes it probably even more interesting. I think especially if they had to catch a bomb whilst lying on a gurney. You know, as a lot of my great ideas do, that came when I was playing air hockey, uh, this latest one, and I was playing against my wife, and I didn't know that this machine was going to do this, but we're playing conventional air hockey, which is just the one puck. And at some point during the game, about a 1,000 mini pucks all fell from the side, and it was like a bonus round, and you could sort of whack those two. See, you know, you're both whacking away at about 58 different objects. And it did give me the thought that maybe rugby league should follow in that game's footsteps. I guess what I'd like to see is a helicopter that comes across. We don't know when, some point in the 80-minute period. And it just drops a 1,000 footies on top of the game. And they're all live, i.e. every footy could be used to score a try. And you'd have players scrambling to pick up a footy and put it over the line for a four-pointer. Now, I know what you're thinking, obvious drawback. That is going to be one fucking long bunker session. Been a lot of talk lately about the referees and the fact that they're, you know, generally fairly incompetent, especially with the bunker. And I think, you know, it does ruin the, the spectacle of the game a little bit, and it certainly ruins a lot of the analysis when it's so much of the oxygen in the room is taken up with people bashing refs. And I'm not for that. You know, I'd love to talk about the game, the strategy, the players, the stories behind it. And we'll have less ref bashing. And so the only one way I've thought about reducing ref bashing is to just make that day one day in the year. So basically, you know, say it's round 17. That is the day every player can kick the shit out of the ref. And then after that, you shut the fuck up. Now, I know there's been quite a few critics of the jersey scandal uh, in the World Cup, you know, with the Australian players running out with chronological numbering as opposed to positions, and it's caused a bit of a headache for people, particularly fans who want to see the team sheet, and they go, what the fuck is going on? This clusterfuck of numbers, this makes no sense. It looks more like the Enigma code. I think the one silver lining here is potentially that could become the new concussion protocol. If you can make sense, if you've sustained a head knock on the field and the doctor comes out and says, you know, mate, can you read this team sheet from the Kangaroos in the World Cup 2022? And you can do it successfully. You can stay on for the whole year. I'd like to see one team a year designated the prescription lenses team. 
where they all just have to run out every game uh, with big, thick prescription lenses. Massive rims, like Dame Edna rims. I don't really know why, I just want to see it. It's no secret that, you know, NRL teams have been pursuing this tighter jerseys, tighter clothing, so other players in the defensive line can't get as easy a grip. I think just for the sake of science, I want to see one team go the other way and just have really, really baggy clothes. Like it's 1991 and you're a big fan of crisscross. You know, Kepa's pants maybe, and just like a 10x fucking NFL top. And, you know, who knows, maybe to be more effective. Um, probably not, but, um, you know, that's what science is about. I actually have been marinating on this one for a little while. Now, the Dally M's, we actually talked about this on the show, but some uh, female player was given an award because she had been diagnosed with cancer and then overcame it. I didn't quite know how to feel about that because it made me think if you were a player in that year and you got cancer and you died... The inference is that you were a loser. You know, I think at this point, it'd be good if the Parramatta Eels just really leaned into uh, their status of not winning premierships by abdicating from the competition entirely. But I think they should still play. People want to see the blue and golds run around. I think all the same players can turn out and all that kind of stuff. But they're no longer in premiership contention. They won't earn any points, for example. They're going out there essentially doing exhibition matches. And I think... You know, for the community, it's great. The fans can still get behind it and maybe all the tickets sold to their home games can go towards a charity. And even all the players can chip in and all give 10% of their paychecks to charity and, and try to make the world a better place. Except for Brian Madison, of course. I don't think he's got the cash to do that. I think it's about time we admitted Cirque du Soleil into the competition. Um, they can be the floating... 18th club for now and you just have a bunch of hot chicks dressed as insects on trapeze flying everywhere looking amazing great for the entertainment value you know i guess when it comes to try scoring they might not be that effective they'll look a million bucks but probably won't get over the line very much because you know let's face it it's been a while since darius boyd's played i'd like to see the nrl i think get proactive when it comes to you know, putting together a montage to honour important moments in history. So, for example, you know, they could cut together the Hain plane and say, you know, this is a homage to the Wright brothers inventing flight. Or, uh, you know, every time Latrell scored and did the kangaroo years, that could be a nod to Australian conservation causes. Um, you could put Fui Fui Moi Moi's 2009 grand final try where he bulldozed his way through the Melbourne Storm's defence as a touching tribute to Nice. Now, it genuinely breaks my heart to see the plight of the West's Tigers at the moment, obviously throwing their hat in the ring and uh, failing to get a number of players over the last couple of seasons to kind of get them out of this rot. Uh, I've been at the bottom of the, of the table. and I think it's actually at the stage where the NRL needs to intervene. They need to get involved, um, you know, make the Tigers their pet project and start to give them, I don't know, maybe some special dispensation a slightly higher salary cap. Um, maybe they're allowed to give more third-party agreements. Um, they could help subsidise their housing, maybe for a player, in terms of their relocation. And, um, well, obviously, 10 blowjobs from Brett Kamali. I think it'd be really good next year if we could have Paul Harrigan play again. Really miss the Chief. Yeah, that'd be nice. We've already got an Indigenous team. I mean, why not have a gay team? 
just put a gay team in the comp, you know, end the prejudice. They could have a sort of a rainbow paddle pop jersey. I guess the post-try celebrations might go on a bit long. Okay, if you must insist on having ridiculous hair and fucking weird mullets and man buns and, and bizarre fucking He-Man style frizzy permed bullshit hair, that's fine. Uh, but don't bring it into the rules. You know, there were so many times this year where people were penalised because people grabbed, often inadvertently, people's hair. And I get, you know, hair pulling hurts. My wife does it to me during sex all the time. And I do complain. She falls on deaf ears. But my point is, you know, that's your choice to have the long hair. And, you know, it's a rough and tumble game. Occasionally, you know, a clump of hair is going to come out of someone's scalp. And I say this, if you are going to implement that as a penalty... Fair enough. But just be prepared. If your fucking man bun happens to come in contact with someone's face, that is a high shot, cunt. Okay, scrap that idea of baggy clothes. Let's go the other way. Let's go no clothes at all. Just absolutely in the nud. And the team colours just get painted on. And just get it to be fucking Greco-Roman style. It's back to the fucking Middle Ages shit, you know? Gladiatorial stuff. Because you can't do any of this kind of weird fucking Jersey Slam shit. Then we'll really see who the better side is. I think we'd have to get rid of the bunker though, because those really slow motion shots could get really awkward. I think I'd like to see Rugby League honour the Golden Girls more than what we have in the past, because I think it's been noticeably absent from any of the sort of, you know, marketing campaigns and the paraphernalia. I'd like to see maybe, I don't know, that season maybe split into four. You know, you could start the season off with a bang around a still Getty, then, you know, move through B. Arthur, then you go to Betty White next, and then finals, that can be that slutty chick from Georgia. I actually think it's important not just to have ideas that cover the present day, but they also help out with the future. And with the admission of the Redcliffe Dolphins, look, it's already brought up a bit of a topic among a lot of fans that, you know, maybe this jersey colour's not great, because eventually you're just going to run out of colours. And there's just going to be nothing left to choose from. It doesn't matter what combination you want. So instead of putting a cap on expansion, I think we need to actually think ahead about what we're going to do with uniforms when that happens. I don't know if you're familiar with flags, but Nepal had this problem. But they all got together and they go, well, I'll think a bit differently. And they kind of created a flag in the shape of a half Christmas tree. Now, it looks shit, they shouldn't have done it, but they were trying to think outside the square, and I appreciate that, so maybe Rugby League should do the same. So when they run out of colours, which could be in only a couple of teams' time, I think maybe that team, instead of just wearing a jersey, they should wear a frock. Now, every year, the NRL has to decide about a grand final band. And let's face it, it's always fucking Jimmy Barnes. I love Jimmy, but it's always Jimmy. So clearly the NRL can't be trusted. And um, I'd say throw it open to the public, but, you know, they just choose horses by Daryl Braithwaite, so they can't be fucking trusted either. But you know what can? A random song generator. So in 2023, they should be doing it pre-season for full transparency. And if it just so happens it pulls out a song by Grandmaster Chicken and DJ Duck, then you have to fucking live with it. There's a, uh, a very small exclusive group in rugby league I've noticed, that doesn't get a lot of attention. And they're players who debut in the game looking like they're about 10 years old. And by the time they retire, they look about 100 years old. 
Now, I'm not blaming the game for that, but of course, you know, certainly in one of the examples I'm about to name, I think it was the game's fault for that accelerated ageing. The two people I can think of that fit neatly into this category are Jeff Toovey and Luke Bird. Now, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Please hit me up on Twitter if you think of any more, because I'm thinking of calling a group Cradle Gravers. We sort of live in a conspiratorial era, so I feel really comfortable in putting this out there, but do you think the only reason we haven't found a cure for baldness is because of some cabal of people that just really hate barbers? Well, it's um, spring carnival season, it's horse racing season again, and uh, polarising sport, not a lot of people love it, but it always does, brings to the surface the idea of why on earth we have a sport where little people ride animals. Because if you actually think about it, it's really weird and stupid. I mean, the horses will race if the jockey's there or not. They'll run around in a circle, eventually they'll get to the winning post. They don't really need the little tiny humans to do it but you know maybe there's some merit in it and that's why I think just test it out in rugby league have the backs on top of the forwards they can whip them they can whip the shit out of them fucking go Hargraves